0: two, three. Good morning everyone and welcome to the Keep Calm and Cope Corona Cast. I know I sound perky when I say that Um, not everybody out there is as perky as I. It can be annoying when you're not perky and you're hanging out with somebody who is. So apologies in advance. Um, Some of my friends and colleagues are not um, in the same space as I am with this new normal and I think it's because working from home 24-7, not having business hours, not setting boundaries is is a struggle for many and it's something I had to learn to overcome when I first started working from home so I have been in this phase of acceptance about a lot of things for a very long time Um, and almost you know people are like do you really do you know the facts do you know what's happening you seem far too happy to understand what's going on So my friends and colleagues, Lindsay Griffiths and Marcy Schunk, are going to talk with us today about this stage of grief, the stage called acceptance. And our friend, Katie Barnard, may log in later. So if you hear Katie pop on the call, don't be surprised. Um, But we have a great conversation in store, I'm sure, as we do every week. Uh, Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Well, every week, somebody new leads the call, and this week, it's yours truly's turn. So um, I want to start, first of all, with a listener email that we got. Um, Shannon Quigley, I know some of us know Shannon. Yay. Hi, Shannon. Um, she wants to talk a little bit about sheltering in place, the delay, uh, delayed start of a new job, the good, the bad, and the ugly about all of this. Um, Before we get started on acceptance, let's go ahead and address her question. What do you think? Um, She says, how many people have new jobs to go to, but those jobs were put on hold due to shelter in place? Now that you're not looking for a new job, what should you be doing to prepare for your first day given the current situation and all of the unknowns? How is your mental state during this time of uncertainty? Well, those are two big questions, two two really different questions. Um, I think every week we address the mental state during this time of uncertainty. But why don't we talk a little bit about, do you ladies know anyone who um, is in that position? I I happen to know a couple of people who are in that position. And what would you advise Shannon to do while waiting for the word?
1: Um, I think we could spend a whole episode on this right and and maybe and maybe we even want to Um, I know we should uh, yeah and I think we could maybe delve into that a little more deeply on a on a future episode but um you know just briefly I think um there are some companies that are hiring and I think it probably depends on what your um what your industry is so um I think that's maybe not exactly what she's asking, she's saying, you know, if you have been hired, but you're waiting to start that job because you're sheltering in place. um, You know, I think it's really about keeping your soft skills going. Um, So if you can do, if you happen to be um, somebody that has access to LinkedIn learning, there's a lot of opportunities to take some LinkedIn learning courses that you could could take um, to work on some of those different soft skills. Um, I know Coursera is another great option for um, they're offering a lot of courses for free. Um, if you don't want to get the certificate for those, uh, you can take those for free. That's another place you can look for some of those softer skills. Um, and that's a way that you can show the employer that you're going to be working for that you are focused on the things that you will need and the job that you're going to be doing. Um, without um, spending any additional money at this time. Um, You may also want to connect to some of those people on LinkedIn and that you'll be working with in the future. Introduce yourself and uh, maybe set up some Zoom calls with them so you can do some of the pre-networking that you would be doing as you get into the job um, before you get there. So those would be
0: awesome, Uh, Lindsay, Mm -hmm. I was going to say, Muckrack is offering a certificate program. I think they normally charge for it. I don't know Shannon's exact title or what she does, you know, day to day, but anyone interested in media relations, Muckrack is offering a certification uh, for an online course. that's normally costs a fee, but is free of charge during this time. I think that's a great, another great way to spend your time if you're in marketing communications like we are. Um, mm-hmm. One other thing, well, go ahead, Marcy. Oh, I was just going to say, um, building on the networking idea, I know
2: you mentioned kind of reaching out to people at the new company. I think it's also just a great time to network in general in the industry yeah. and meet yeah. people who are in similar roles in other places. And then also to consider volunteering. I know a lot of the associations right now are putting together content for members. So that might be an opportunity to simultaneously combine that giving concept with keeping up on your skills and engaging with others in the industry sector. And then of course there's just general volunteering opportunities out there as well, where you yeah. can dedicate some of your time to that.
0: And I'm I think you're, hosting, um, you're with some general councils that are friends of mine. I'm hosting those micro learning sessions that are very relevant to um, the kinds of things that you ladies have been talking about for weeks and you know what to do to, uh, transition to this new, new normal, you know, learning how to work from home, learning how to network via Zoom. And so so some of that content might be helpful and a good way to spend your time. It's free of charge and they're every Friday at noon
1: Pacific. Yeah, that's a great thing to tune into. Um, and to piggyback on what Marcy was saying too, um, you know, if you're not already in the Industry association that your industry is part of, um, you may want to look into joining that and, and, as Marcy suggested, volunteering.
0: I'm sure they're doing a great job, um, many of those associations, of um, facilitating online networking and facilitating, you know, oh, yeah. coffee chat and wine time and all that good stuff. So, yeah, that's a great, great idea. Um, well, let's get to the topic at hand, and we can probably do an entire episode on Shannon's question at a later date, but I'll send her the information we discussed today, and I'm sure she'll listen in on this call as well. Today's topic, however, is the stage of grief known as acceptance, Um, but the process of grieving is often described as having stages or cycles, and people think of it as um, linear, you know, like you have to go through this one first, and that's not true. I think, Marcy, once you um, reminded us that that's not necessarily the case that you don't always engage in every stage that you don't always Mm -hmm. engage in that order. Um, In fact, I mean, I, I skip a lot of stages of this, you know, grief. I I don't know. Call me weird, but I'm in acceptance. I'm enjoying this time. Um, We are working in my family. We're working from home outside in our garden. Um, We are able to work remotely. You know, without spending that extra time having to get dressed up, put makeup on, do my hair, um, I love having my family home, and we all are engaged, of course, on our electronics. But because we have class, or we have a meeting, or we have uh, work with a client one on one, so I have really, you know, it's been fun for me. But not everybody. So I think I've been in in, in the stage of acceptance for quite a while now. Um, but you can't rush grief. You know, it's not like an obstacle course that you endure. Um, You know, shortcuts often, you know, lead to greater pain long term. If you have not acknowledged something um, or in my case, I have accepted what's going on. I do know the facts and it comforts me um, to know the quantitative and qualitative data. But the fact that you can't just skip through it and rush it and, you know, most people can't say, okay, well. My friend passed away of COVID-19, and that's that. It is what it is. Nobody that I know is that way. I think that's what a psychopath might be like. Um, But doesn't it stink that you can't sort of get to the stage of acceptance sooner? Um, You know, maybe not feeling pain today might result in longer-term pain. What do you think, ladies?
2: It's, as you were talking about the non-linear concept and the fact that you could feel different stages of grief or skip over stages of grief i believe if i read correctly and i i believe this to be true of myself is that you can be in a state of accept it's not as if acceptance is necessarily an end state either right. i feel like it's still fluid yeah and it's you can feel acceptance for several days and then something can, can trigger a depression yeah. episode or an anxiety episode and so I, don't, I guess I don't necessarily feel like acceptance is a permanent state and we've moved on and we've just kind of, you know, have let all of the rest of that go. I think it's, it's a daily, I don't want to say struggle because it's not a struggle per se, but it's, it's a daily yeah, meandering yeah. back and forth between all of the different emotions. Yeah. And I know that I have felt much the same way as you as I was extremely upbeat and positive and kind of taking everything in stride and and felt very much is this that feeling of acceptance and for whatever reason this week i had you know two days of just overall like catastrophizing everything like the world is going to end and this is the apocalypse and what do we do now and my poor children and so it's it's not Linear per se, and I think that recognizing that and taking it, you know, and I knew even as I was going through my <laughs> catastrophizing state that that wasn't going to be permanent either, but it yeah. doesn 't feel that way when you 're in it.
0: <laughs> well, I knew I had rough times when I thought about the four contracts I had out there in the atmosphere that were not returned signed, so I worried about my business so those kinds of things come and go too. like you said, acceptance is not the period at the end of a sentence. It's not like, oh, okay, we're done here. Um, But I've just been sitting in that place for quite a while. Um, Don't know why, don't know when it'll change, but I'm sure you two ladies will be the first to know when I am um, (laughs) back in one of
1: those less desirable phases. Um, Yeah, Lindsay? Uh, Yeah, I I totally agree with Marcy. I think it's more, all of these stages are, it's more of a bouncing around. So, um, you know, I might spend some time in acceptance and then I'm back to somewhere else. Um, and Marcy, I think we were having the same week. I wasn't so much catastrophizing, but this week was more like about depression for me. Um, and again, as you say, it was, I, I knew it wasn't a, a place I was living in, but. Um, You know, it's it's definitely a a bouncing around and, and knowing that acceptance, as you said, Susan, isn't the period at the end of the sentence. And so for these these stages, and I think that's important for people to know, is that this isn't a linear process and you don't necessarily even start with denial. You might start with bargaining. You might start with anger and you might, you know, yeah. hit, as, as you said, Susan, you might skip some of them. You might come back to them. They might not pop up at all. Um, but you might, um, you might feel some of them sometimes and you may go through a few hours of some of them or a few days and, uh, and come back to them. And uh, so
0: it's important That's to, good.
1: I think, understand and recognize them and, um, and just be, be uh i think give yourself room and space for for all of them i love that space and grace yeah space and grace that's my i'm working on that (laughs) mantra myself yeah
0: yeah so sit with your feelings whatever those are don't try to change them or fake it or cover them up um i know um i read somewhere that this is a great analogy a lot of people are like well you know the sooner i get through each of these phase i'm gonna rush rush through these phases the sooner i get through it the sooner i'll heal that's not true. It's not like ripping the band-aid off. So no. um you instead of trying to control the situation need to just be with whatever is happening. You know what I'm saying? We don't always can't always control our feelings or our emotions. We can control our behavior, of course um but we can't always control our feelings or emotions so you just have to sit with it acknowledge it even your dark side i mean i talk a lot about jungian psychotherapy and the shadow side the shadow self that everyone has people who don't know about it or don't admit they have it are dangerous because they're not they're not managing it if you don't acknowledge it you can't manage it it's so scary um, but yeah, today we are going to talk about acceptance, whether you're in that place or not, we need to share with people what it looks like, what it feels like, and the fact that you may not stay in it. Like you ladies just said, um, imagine your car breaks down on a cold rainy night in the middle of the night. You might quickly go through denial. No, this can't be happening. Oh my God, this is terrible. Uh, then you might get angry. Like, damn it. Why did I, you know, I knew I should have brought the car in. I heard it clinking last week. Why didn't I bring it into the shop? And then you bang on the steering wheel and then you realize you're exhausted. You exhale and you say, please car, please start, please work. This is, this is your bargaining phase. And then after that, you might feel sullen and defeated, a little depressed, maybe um, deflated. And then you slip into acceptance. Like, okay, well, uh, damn it. I guess I'll have to call AAA or a friend to come get me. So that's the uh, quick and dirty analogy or example of what, this, uh, this linear phase looks like for some and how we get to a place um, of acceptance. Just so that people who don't necessarily study, you know, um, grief like we have for this first portion of our podcast series, um, that's just a really good storytelling way of expressing the stages that you go through. So acceptance can actually open the door to real grief. Like you might go through all those stages of certain surface level but never address the hidden issues. But once you get to acceptance, then you start to unpack what's happening or what has happened or your last year or the two years you spent at this awful job. Why didn't you quit earlier kind of thing? Um, So just when you get to a place of acceptance, again, it's not the period at the end of the sentence. It might be you just unlocked the suitcase and now you need to unpack it. Um, A lot of people you know, confuse acceptance with, hey, I'm here, I won, you know, where's my gold medal, I'm finished.
1: Uh, Susan, do you think that's sort of like, almost like unpeeling an onion, so sort of like maybe you go through a series of stages of the the stages of grief, and then you hit acceptance, and then you restart them, almost?
0: I think that, again, that, that lends itself to thinking it might be linear, or in those days, I think it's more of like a, um, I think it's like a windsock, you know, the flag flies or the windsock blows whichever way the wind is blowing that day. And yeah, even if if it's the same day, the wind may shift course north, south, east, west. Um, So I think that the key is not planning for this process of grief or planning you can't you know what you need to plan for is that whatever feeling i'm having or whatever stage i'm in i'm gonna sit with it i'm gonna accept it and i'm gonna work with it i'm not gonna be afraid to ask for help or talk to a friend or bug your uh, besties on facebook whatever or say call me i need to hear a voice not just see you on social yeah Um, so yeah i think it's more random than that but that's again none of us on this show it are um you know uh, doctors or you know psychotherapists but we are deep feelers which is you know we're very empathic we feel for others we are not afraid to talk about our feelings i mean you ladies have been so courageous on these episodes it's really incredible and leading by that example uh, gives permission to others to sit in um, with their feelings in space and give them space and grace i think that's the the (laughs) motto we need to all have so welcome Katie, I see you logged in. We are happy to have Hi. you Hi. Oh, it's nice to be with some adults. I just got yelled at by an infant for 40 straight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I miss those days. It's much worse being yelled at by an 18 year old. Congratulations to your baby, by the way, taking her first steps. That was so fun to watch yeah. on Facebook. Um, yeah. it's so fun watching was- her she's part of the delight in my every day oh thank you that makes my day yeah so you know let's talk a little bit about acceptance katie that's the the theme for today's discussion um i was telling people that i can be super annoying not mean to but i'm i've been very much in the stage of acceptance most of this new normal, because for me, I went through the struggles of working from home, being lonely, not having business hours, forgetting to you know shower, you just get you go to your couch, you start working, you look at clock it 's four o 'clock and you 're still in your pajamas it 's like, oh my God, so um, I went through all that months and months and months before this coronavirus crisis um, because uh, I had to really adjust to working from home after being in the corporate world for so many years. Um, But a lot of people are just now going through that adjustment and not to just focus on the working from home aspect and the difficulties in working remotely when you're not used to it, but also the reason we're stuck at home. I mean, that is very sad. It is very uh, disconcerting. We have no control over that. So We're talking about those who are um, experiencing the phase called acceptance, but acknowledging that that's not permanent or may not be permanent. What do you think?
3: No, I mean, there've certainly been times, especially this week, where I kind of think, oh, you know, I'm at Zen Calm, like acceptance, we're going to be okay. Um, And then I'll fall down a different rabbit hole. Um, Yesterday, it was thinking about school not being back in session this, this fall. And what that would mean for the girls, um, and really kind of getting into that that empath rabbit hole of of taking on their problems.
0: Oh yeah, how do you protect yourself from that?
3: Uh, sometimes I think you just have to go down the hole and until you hit the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I, I wish I had. I wish, I wish I had a magic answer for that. Um, yeah but no, I mean, I do think it is, um, I loved what you said earlier about space and grace that we're going to have good days. We're going to have good hours. And then there are going to be those rabbit holes of sadness or anger. And then we're going to bop back up. Um, we're all great analogy
0: bop back up. It's like a bouncing ball. It's not like, um, a bowling ball that goes straight down the lane. It's not even, it's more like a pinball that, you know, hits different areas or a bouncing ball. Like you just said, the bop back up really resonated with me.
1: I did a really interesting meditation the other day and it was about having feelings instead of being feelings, which for me it was sort of a revelation and I, I don't want this to see it like too touchy feely. That's not really how I am, but um, I
0: am, I love it. it was, I know
1: <laughs> it was sort of this idea of like when you have a feeling, so she was talking about um, picturing a feeling and she said, you know, start, obviously we all have very big feelings at times, but she said, you know, start with something that was more minor. So if you get irritated by something, picture that feeling and think of it as being, you know, first you, you picture the feeling and then think of it as being in a house and you're looking through the window at it and you back away from it a little bit. So you can think of that feeling and look at it with some curiosity instead of being so engulfed by it. Um, and it was a little more detailed than that. It was a 10-minute meditation. But it was this really interesting idea that I had never thought of, that you could you could still have these feelings and not shy away from them. And obviously, as, as you were saying, sit with them and, and um, embrace them, but not let them consume you. And I tend to, especially as an empath, do that a little bit. And I take on other people's feelings a lot, which is uh, very challenging for me um so this idea that i could have feelings and not be them so i could have anger but not be angry and have s- depression and not be depressed um was sort of very eye opening for me so i think that's you know something that would be interesting to look at a little bit in this process too that's
3: that's amazing i never thought of, about that but just in terms of the power of words uh, yeah. the difference between i i am like- sad or I have, have some sadness. I way. have the blues. That's, it's so different.
0: I think it's it right. the driver's seat. And and it's like that exercise of layered listening. We talked about except you're acknowledging the feeling and you're owning it and then putting it where it belongs. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're in control a little bit more. So um, that's, that's exactly like layered listening. It's a fine form of meditation. And in fact, a lot of beginners should begin with layered listening or what you're calling, um, what's the name of the meditation? Uh, I
1: don't, it was the, from the calm app, but okay. I don't know exactly well, what it's It's, it's the it.
0: same process. And it's like peeling away the layers of the onion. You acknowledge your feeling, you put it aside, right. you go next, what's deeper, what's there. Um, and, right. with it, and, and respect it, respect it. You know, if you discount, that's what I mean by discounting your shadow self if you discount those things, you're not able to manage those things. So if you're feeling hate or anger or, you know, the things that make us not pretty people, then you need to acknowledge those, respect them, find out why they're there and then, you know, clean it up, move on, but don't ignore it. It is, you know, our shadow selves are not to be ignored. They will, they will manage you if you don't manage them first. (laughs) Um, It reminds me of a, a therapeutic approach. And I don't
2: know, I think it was called parts where in essence, you identify that emotion. So that feeling that you have that deep seated thing that you grapple with, whether it's, you know, you don't feel loved or you feel abandoned or whatever it is that you struggle with inside of you. And then you identify other emotions or parts of yourself that could potentially step in and help that part of yourself wow. feel better, and it's a, it's an interesting, I guess, because you visualize it, and it was you know, the process is you visualize, you know, a little a little girl or a little boy who is that person. So let's say lonely, and then you bring in other people to come around and give that person what they need, and so in essence, wow. you are. Yes, it's it, it's an exercise to help heal that peace or that
0: emotion. The many so faces it was, of Eve. <laughs> yes. It, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the rat which is Sylvia, the rabbit, um oh, I forgot the name of the book. It's a true story of a woman with twenty one different personalities <laughs> inside. Wow. That, that's not funny. I know that's not funny. We're just but that's healthy. We all have different um you know our, you know, our personas versus our person, you know, so that's super helpful. I'm going to put all this down. Um, I have layered listening and then you said the parts or you'll send me the link after and we'll put it in the resource. I will look for it. I think it's called
2: parts Parts. and I was warned by my therapist before we did it that it was going to be intense, and so I had tremendous anxiety before going into it, but it was actually, (laughs) it was much more pleasant than I anticipated. I don't
1: know what I was expecting. It makes me think of that, is it a Disney movie or a Pixar movie with all of the little feelings inside? Inside 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 out. out. Inside out. That's the
0: one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I've never heard of that movie. I need to engage in Disney more, I guess. Yeah. I, I think seen you would it, love but it.
3: That's it. a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, Susan. I, I think you would season. really yeah. like it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to check it out and put it in our link of resources, or links to resources. Um, you know, earlier, Lindsay, you said something um, regarding the feelings coming and going, and I mentioned the windsock. But in our notes, I noticed a really beautiful way of looking at grief. How it feels like ocean waves that recede. Uh, they come to shore, they lap the shore, and then they go back out. That is such a nice uh, way of of thinking about grief and how the stages are fluid and they change. Uh, but then it says, you know, the waves can recede only to come back and stun a person with a tsunami. So what a great visual that. Yeah, <laughs> that is. And I like that part. We went from calming to I don't know. right, right. Be careful of those calm waters. You know, still waters run deep. Yeah like, oh, there's the beautiful
1: ocean. And then wham.
0: Swallows you up. Yeah. So just know that those are all normal feelings. Just when you start to feel acceptance or you're, you know, feeling like I can deal with this, something out of the blue might come and and whack you to remind you that you are not in charge. You are not, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not, We have to let life happen and with our own boundaries, but not make life happen by our own hand. I mean, that's the difference. We can't control everything. Control what you can and let the rest roll off. That's what my husband always says. Now, I'm going to say he's not the first to um, abide by his own (laughs) maxim. Um, I have to remind him. He'll say, who said that? I'm like, you. (laughs) You said (laughs) that. Um, last night they had this town hall meeting in our city and, um, the mayor and I, nobody from here listens to this podcast. So I'm just going to say it. The mayor, um, couldn't figure out how to unmute his mic. So he missed like he, he, and so my husband was really angry and he woke up still angry about it, not at the mayor, but just at the situation. And I said to him, you know, one, you had no control over that too. It's in the past. You know, this, these are things that you and I ladies know, I mean that's just a waste of your time and energy and thought and heart space and all head space and all that. But yeah, people are, you know, struggling with the littlest things like how to turn on, on off your mute button. <laughs> and and so it's making people angry in this new new normal, lots of little lots of little um I guess we could call them potholes, potholes to stick with the car analogy. So if grief is knocking on your door today, be courageous and let it in. This is what you were talking about, Lindsay, sitting with it. Welcome it and see what gifts it has to offer you. Ask what it needs from you and be willing to listen to what it answers. Accept this visitor known as grief as you would a newborn, knowing, Katie, that caring for it will result in a richer life, much richer (laughs) life. Um, so I know there are challenges with this this baby screaming at you for you know 14 minutes or whatever whatever it was. 40. 40. 40. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a much bigger challenge. Um, yeah, I remember those days. That that's I'm not. Wow, I don't miss that, but I do I do love all the other good that comes with that. So you can't have one without the other. So we embrace it all. So let's look at our notes for a second. I think I want to address a little bit um, about ignoring the uh, situation so a lot of people who are in acceptance or think they're in acceptance are sweeping the struggles under the rug they're ignoring or they're saying well my life isn't as bad as I, i know you ladies do this um well at least we're not as bad as so and so so we try to feel good about where we are when sometimes that might discount some feelings you need to sit with so you know like i'll say at least I'm not homeless or jobless or, you know, some of the things that others are going through, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't acknowledge the changes that I am going through. Does that make sense? Oh, Oh, guilty. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Guilty. (laughs) Yeah. Guilty. You clearly (laughs) struck a chord
1: there. (laughs) It's like survivor's guilt, right? I think it's hard because on the one hand you want to keep perspective because, there are so many people at the moment who are in really difficult positions. You know, I have friends who are in the medical profession. I have friends who have lost jobs. Um, I have friends who are in really difficult financial positions. Um, and you want to not put your own situation in a position where you don't understand what your privilege is. Um, and it's hard to say like, okay, I'm working this extremely long day and I'm frustrated by that, or, you know, I'm finding it hard to be in my house all the time because I can't leave because it's raining. Um, You know, like, that kind of thing feels really uh, snotty um, to me. Yeah. Um, You know, and I have, like, I have friends who are complaining about um, being disappointed about the way that their birthday is being celebrated and it's like, okay, you know, like people are dying. So at least you get um, to celebrate a birthday. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I have a really hard time having empathy for that. You know, I, I had the Berlin marathon get canceled this week and I understand that I get to feel disappointed about that. But when I have another friend who's crying to me because all of her, her elderly patients at the nursing home have coronavirus, like I just, I can't feel really, I I have trouble dealing with my own feelings of disappointment when listening to her cry. So, you know, I know that I have to deal with some of my own feelings around this and find ways to cope with that. But at the same time, needing to put it in perspective, um, and understanding that is a really hard balancing act, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think that, um, that that is the sign that you are not a psychopath you're feeling for others and you are understanding that there's perspective around every situation um, good or bad even my son who goes to berkeley um was doing his classes online and his friends were complaining on social that you know this just sucks and it's terrible online classes are terrible Um, somebody who's not from their school posted, youth people need to check your privilege. I think a bad day yeah. online at Berkeley beats some <laughs> of them. And I was like, you know, he's only 18. It's his freshman year. He has the right to feel that way. But I also think it was healthy that he heard that other person say that and thought about perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, my yeah, first mama I, bear instinct was to say, well, shut them down. But no, that's a great point. You need to check your privilege.
3: Yeah. Well, but I mean, I don't know. the The comparative suffering game, you can end up feeling guilty for feeling sad or feeling angry and no one wins at comparative suffering. And I think, you know, having the perspective and acknowledging your privilege, but also giving yourself permission just True. because it sucks way worse for someone else doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. That's a
0: really, really great yes. point. God, Katie, I'm so glad you said that. Um, My mom, whom y'all know is, you know, her brain is gone, but um, Alzheimer's, but She used to say something that discounted my feelings so much. And this comes up in every therapy session and every... You know, I I might struggle with something and instead of showing the compassion and sitting with the feelings that most moms would, she would say, "Well, at least you don't have AIDS or cancer," and that was their answer to everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh yeah, mom, I'm getting a divorce," or "Mom, I'm," you know, it was such a dismissive thing to say, and it just made me really angry. And then I realized later in life, you know, she doesn't have parenting skills; she's not the mom that I would dream up if I could create a mom, you know. Um, but yeah, you're right. What did you call it comparative? Well, I wanna write it.
3: Down. The comparative suffering. Death. I mean, I think we've all had that friend where you say, like, you know, I stubbed my toe and then your friend says, Oh well I broke my leg. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and when you talk to that friend, you know, you always feel discounted or um, right. And it's let's like, not be that let's empathy. not Let's not be that friend to ourselves, you know. I mean
2: Ooh, Oh, I yeah. love
0: you. That's so true. Yeah. That's Sophie Someone... Brown writes about that quite a bit
2: in her Who? books. Brene Brown.
0: Oh yeah. Let's mm-hmm. not forget her. She's a savior in a lot of situations. And I would think in this one in particular. So um, or is it in particular Lee? I'm not sure. But um, yeah, love her. She's, she's, she's her work on shame, her work on vulnerability, her work on owning your story, loving yourself first, giving Mm. yourself permission to put you in the top spot, which some people who are not spiritually mature or maybe self-actualized don't realize that that is not selfishness. That is the most giving thing you can do is to put yourself first. And you know, secure that oxygen mask on your own face before you can try to help others. Um, I love these conversations with you ladies. We have a lot of notes. We'll make sure to include them in the resources on the Facebook page that we um, have put together, and we share this each week. We pin it to the top of the page. You can listen to the podcast. You can look at the notes, and we also have a section called resources. If you want to go read what we're reading, Um, check out what makes us tick if you relate or even if it repels you and you want to know how the hell they come up with that um, go go look there Um, but make no mistake life has forever changed in this acceptance stage roles and responsibilities are altered new priorities will be shaped and are being shaped new processes are being put in place and some duties and tasks you may need to let go or not even you know, imagine that it's gonna be the way it was because it won't. I mean, if there's anything I in my position of ex- or in my place of acceptance can recognize, is that there is not just a new normal coming, it's a new, new normal. Um, so learn how to work remotely, learn that nine to five is maybe not gonna ever be a thing again, learn that going to the movies and sitting with hundreds of people next to you may not be a thing again learn to um wear a mask you know make you know i think masks will become like those funky socks that you see all kinds of different socks well now you're gonna see different masks you know i'm i think that innovation will it you know emerge from this and has imagination you know um people are thinking of how to reach a desired outcome that may not at all look like it used to or even the process, or especially the process, will not be at all what it once was. Um, And and there's a great uh, Harvard Business Review article that came out this week about that, and I'll put it in the link. If you haven't seen it, ladies, it's, um, I think, We Need Imagination Now More Than Ever is the title of the article. You may want to look at it. It's really, really great. And I'll also post a little video. Uh, It's kind of funny. Um, We sometimes have to laugh at life, right? So it's a little video on the stages of grief. And in closing, I would ask any of you, um, are there any questions you want to ask yourself or the audience, or is there anything you want to share before we say our goodbyes? Um, I have a few in our resources that I'm going to ask people to ask themselves, but if you want to address it now, or if you just want to say goodbye, I got to go. I'm
1: hungry. That's fine too. (laughs) There is one thing I want to say. I mean, you know, I, the innovation thing I, I get, and I know that you know in the last recession, which is clearly totally different than this, what we're going through now, um, there was a lot of, of uh, innovation that came out of that. But um, I think Jenny, Jenny Dietrich posted a great article this week, and I'll uh, put that in the resources about how, um, and she was talking about anticipatory grief, which we addressed on a, yeah. a previous podcast. Um, you know, it's okay to not innovate right now too. It's okay to not feel like you need to be doing more than you are and just be surviving. So for people that feel like they can't add anything more than they're just doing right now to survive, you know, if you're just getting through the day, if you're just homeschooling your kids and maybe getting some of your work done and you can't possibly add one more thing, that's okay. Um, You know, I know for me, there's been a lot of days where I feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm very much a task oriented person and I have, a, I always have a to-do list that is absolutely impossible to achieve. <laughs> um, it's just not practical. Uh, it's why I don't sleep enough. Um, but, uh, and I, I feel tremendous guilt about that, um, both about not achieving it and about the list. itself. <laughs> so, so I, I do want to emphasize that, you know, if you, if on the days that you do feel, Motivated and engaged. That if you take advantage of that, that's great. But if you don't, that's great too. Um, I don't. I don't think we want to add to that pressure of like, you know, you have to come out of this quarantine with, um, you know, a new set of skills or a new language or you know, figuring out how to bake the best bread or any of those things. Mm-hmm. So um, I think yeah. that's really important to emphasize too. Well, it's
0: I'm going so to come out svelte. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know I'm joking. Um, I, don't, I don't get up from this desk chair until it's like eleven o'clock at night. My husband says, "Hey, let's go watch some what's it called Bosch that Netflix." Oh yeah, yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. So I'll work at my desk all day, and then at about ten o'clock, we'll watch a Bosch episode, then go to sleep and crank it out again the next day. So um, yeah, I need to take some lessons from you ladies and learn to um, set those boundaries and self care. And, and and Lindsay, that's a great point. You know, going back to normal, when I think about it, there's some things in the normal that I don't ever want to go back to. Like, I mean, look at, look at what normal has been. I mean, greed and partisanship and, you know, all this, you know. Let Let's see if maybe some of this changes. You know, come coming together, trusting science. Can we please start to trust science, people? Come on. Oh God, yeah. Um, and and one piece of advice I'll give people before you go. And again, I'm no medical doctor, and, and one would think <laughs> this is obvious, but don't <laughs> don't just l- lysol. Yes. Oh my God! Please don't do that. <laughs> Do not really <laughs> Please don't infection. drink a disinfectant. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you, somebody <laughs> had the uh, Clorox cocktail and they topped it off instead of with an olive in a martini glass. It was a Tide pod. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't drink that. All right, ladies. Well, I love you so much. You know that, and you know, ping me on Facebook or text me if you need me. And um. I love you, and I'll see you next week. Thanks, Susan.
3: Bye, guys. Thanks.